You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. (laughs) You got your own little jam Casual. Hey guys. Casual. Wow. What is up? I'm wearing the same clothes I always wear. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the final predictions lounge. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Oh, you guys have had a week to prepare. Have we had a week off in season other than the All Star break over the last three years? Because I feel like every time you go from over these last ones, it's been so jumbled. Two years ago, we had like four months off. But that's about well, it. <laughs> since the pa- really, I mean, since the start of the pandemic, yeah. yeah, in the bubble, it was like you went right from one thing to the next. No break, no whatever. And then even these last years, it's been condensed. This idea of like not, we haven't seen Jokic play for 10 days. It's weird. Feels like an offseason. I never want to have to go through that again. <laughs> well, uh, you're going to have to <laughs> as soon as this season winds down, there will be months off. We're going to have our, a regular offseason that is going to feel like so long. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook floating right there above Brendan Vote's head. You can download that app if you haven't. For some reason, you haven't already. Download it. Use promo code DNVR and bet along with us when we make money throughout this playoff run. I've got a man who has made green his color. It's Brendan Vote. Tomorrow. Tomorrow that week actually flew by for me. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but uh, I'm stoked. I can't believe it's tomorrow already. We meet our makers together. Yeah. You hear that? I can't believe it's tomorrow already. You can't believe the game is tomorrow. Is the it's in that one? Yeah, because yeah. it's like not tomorrow. It's today. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for breaking that one. Down. Uh, over here, I've got D line. You guys know him as Eric. Did we have a break? Did we? I've literally <laughs> never been busy. So <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not really. Uh, over here, uh, the man with the wind behind his mm-hmm. hat. It's Harrison Wind. Let's preview this series again. Let's go. This is the final preview. I will say, since we last spoke, actually, we didn't do a show yesterday. Nuggets held practice at 2.30. Um, so we didn't have a show yesterday. And then I had the George Carl show. So we actually haven't talked about the series since Tuesday. And in that time, guess what, boys? I have gotten to get deep into the film. Oh. Deep into the film. Uh, and it's been fun. Like, honestly, I missed this part. My favorite part of the job is, or one of my favorite parts of the job is honestly getting into the film and really breaking it down. And I feel like I have a better sense. I was joking about this, um, uh, with my buddy, Sam Fendiari uh, yesterday. I've scouted all the film. It's really going to come down to Nico Mannion and Mulder <laughs> because these are like the Nuggets and Warriors haven't played with full squads. That I know. Like, I don't know. We have to see if Faku can shut down Mannion. <laughs> well, not in game one. Faku suspended for game That's one. Right. That's, That's something right. That's something we haven't talked about on the podcast. Well, we will talk about it here coming up, though, because actually it's one of my notes here. Wow. I, Faku actually did, did provide a little bit of important depth when you take away D- Davon Reed. Um, so we'll get into that. But So we're going to preview it in segments two and three. going to get more into some of the specifics about this and then, of course, give our official predictions. I will tell people. people I, I've read the comments. People have not been happy with our pessimism. 
I'm telling you guys, I am slightly more optimistic than I was before. So I've had no chance to weigh in. This is your pessimism. You haven't you haven't been pessimistic yet? Not about this series. No, we can't wait to hear your own pessimism. Um, I want to start, though, with this big question. This is kind of a fun one when I think about it. What are the stakes for this series, for the Nuggets? What are the stakes? Like, what is there to be gained or to be lost specifically from this Nuggets Warriors? Oh, I'm going to throw it over to you. Hmm. For the team. We'll just do it kind of as a team first. You know, one thing, I stress the importance of the way they did just enough to hold on to the rope this year. Because I do believe in organizational momentum. Mm. And I think they've found a way to at least survive these periods where they haven't been able to push forward because of injuries. They haven't necessarily lost anything. Um, and I think by advancing out of round one, you can certainly inspire a lot of confidence into the base that anything is possible, not just with Jokic on the floor, but especially as these guys come back. But there is a risk right now of things looking so bad that right. you, you just feel the weight of how badly do they need to shake this up for get, getting back to that starting five? Does there need to be, like, are there are there major changes on the way? And then, you know, the Jokic discourse of it will start, as it, as it should, but that one, which would matter more for us than Jokic, but, <laughs> you know, is... Is he cut out for this? Can he win a title? All of that. We know the, the discourse. Steph Curry and Draymond, I know everybody saw on Draymond's podcast, they were talking about, you know, the 2016. I think they asked, would you trade 17 and 18 if you could have that 16 season back and win it? So you have the 73 wins plus the title. Mm. And Curry's perspective on it was so great. He's like, no, I don't really want to change anything. And he's like, to be honest, if I like fretted over this stuff, it'd probably drive you crazy. Like, I don't. I just don't care about it. And I, and I believe Curry, by the way, in this. Like, he rises above the low moments. Um, and I think Yoke's the same way, where it's like, man, what if everybody says I'm a two-time MVP and I'm a failure? And he'd be like, I, I just won't hear it, so I don't care. They can say whatever they want. Um, how do you, D-Line, set the stakes for me? What's at stake for the Nuggets in the series? Definitely that. The narrative. The narrative is at stake. Um I think it was a pretty good answer, vote. Like, like there's a good chance for yeah, overreaction well. yeah, from that. local media, from local people who don't pay attention to the Nuggets and only pop their head up long enough to complain about them when times seem rough. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to hear a lot about like wasting the two years, two best years of Jokic's career. Uh, we're going to get, you know, if if it goes poorly, which I don't think it will, but if it does go poorly. Uh, the Nick Wrights of the world are going to feel, oh, so it like just... Mm, they're going to feast. They're going to feast. They and won't feast on Jokic's two MVPs, but they will feast on the No, they will feast on somehow... You know what I did, oh, by the way? I looked at all of the votes so far. Any vote that has been gone to Joel Embiid is from somebody on TV. Consider that. <laughs> Consider that. Yeah. Why? Why? They all can argue about it, make it like a big deal. It, oh, you think so? I like yes. that theory because when you said why, as if it was intuitive, I wasn't sure. No, what no, was. because they, they spent all their time being like, yeah. "Well, Tech it could be unbeaten." Like whatever. And then everybody else, <laughs> everybody else, like sits and is thoughtful about basketball. So, and they're like, "Yeah, but it's Jokic." Anyway, you know, but and, and, and something serious about this because <laughs> I like there. I've ta I've sit with like uh, radio people, you know, at the Nuggets games. There'll be radio people, and it's funny because like, one of the comments I've heard is like. Here's how I would handle this game. Like, what's right. the storyline? I would take this side, and I would have my co heads take that side. And you're like, Jesus, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just talk about what you think. I <laughs> you know, like, like that's such a it? foreign concept. It is just such to a talk about the game. To, to, yeah, yeah, like to have to be like, no, Harrison is pro Nuggets, and I'm going to be anti. And the yeah. only the only like, way what? that we can relate to that is when 
Judge D line makes it right. <laughs> That's the only time we've who's right. Yeah. The who's only wrong. time we've purposely taken a side. <laughs> That's like but, a yeah, but so like that is definitely you're right. The TV though, you're the right. T- but so that is it. That's at stake. And and again, like I believe Tim Connolly is not susceptible to this because I don't think that he solicits Twitter for uh, advice on how that's to run what, his that's team. That's what you but, think. Um, but I do think that you know it starts to get loud with uh, the team. You know, like. Un- anytime there's any underperformance from a team, right. from people where people think that they should have done better, it gets really loud. People start calling for the head coach. All of this nonsense that you sort of just have to wade through, and it just becomes toxic until hope springs eternal and the, ter- the those two players come back. Mm-hmm. It, I'll, I'll, both of you guys, great answers by the way. We're off to a great start on great this job. Show. Very guys. excited. Very hire some Thanks, lot of pressure. You can yeah. still think about your answer here. But one of the things that I'm, I think about a lot is. From my perspective, where I'm so thick in the weeds with the Nuggets, last year they beat Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum in the playoffs. So I was like, what a success. But then they got swept by the Suns, and everyone's like, got swept? And you're like, no. No, they won. Yeah. They won the series. They, they won with Faku Camposo and Austin Rivers. And you're right in that the series has been like they hit their over. Like everything bad happened to them. They just somehow kept kept fighting. And yeah, if they lose in bad fashion in this round, it'll be like they lost. And it's like it just all gets deleted. And yeah. Yeah, God, <laughs> it's so true. That we, we are uh, at the precipice of a narrative uh, yeah. freefall. The good but, news is it's mostly narrative, and like yeah. that's, these guys are under contract yeah. and all of that. So it's not like Denver's nece- necessarily at the precipice of a complete and total like meltdown with regards to the roster. But it it will feel that way. Those conversations will will pick up. And these things aren't done in earnest to the point you're making about television and about Nick Wright in particular. Like, do I think Nick Wright thinks Jokic is overrated? Absolutely. I'm sure that's his real take. The thing is, he knows that he doesn't have to argue in good faith on this. Like, it's the same thing with Skip Bayless. You're always going to be right eventually. <laughs> Unless a player just wins every year. Sometimes you're going to get to be able to take a victory lap. It's like me with Jason Tatum. Like they won't win the title <laughs> this year, and I'll get on here as oh, if he's been for bad sure. the whole year. Yeah, yeah. Well, knock on wood with your take there. I mean, I don't know. I know they might good. win the title. Uh, <laughs> Harrison, what's the what's at stake? I don't know if there's anything left to say. I mean, externally, you guys are absolutely right. Like the narrative will be out in full force, but I think internally is obviously what's most important. And just talking about the Nuggets internally. It's not like the Nuggets are going to go try to trade for Julius Randle or, or somebody if they lose badly Julius in the Randall. first. I was just trying to think of somebody on the trade block. Hail Mary time, yeah. man. I don't know. Julius I was just Randall. thinking of somebody that's going to yeah. get traded maybe this summer. Malone um, would probably love Julius Randle. No way. No, no way he would. He doesn't no play defense. No, that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's so true. they're not, they're not going to like – trade Jamal Murray um, for a, a guy like that. They're not going <laughs> to overhaul. and then trade him right when yeah, he's back. They're not going <laughs> to overhaul the core of this team. And um, that's what's most important. The outside stuff is not as important. Um, so is there a lot at stake for the Nuggets? A little bit, just because, like Vote said, you want to keep that momentum going. They've won a first-round series this, these last three years in a row. It's a big deal. Yeah. Right. Like not a lot of teams have done that. I think Milwaukee's the only other team to do that. Right. So like that's something you can put on your resume and say, yeah, well, you know, we're one of the top class organizations because we've done X. And that's something they've done. I think that's a great kind of hallmark of, of this era right now. So that stuff you want to keep going, that stuff is at stake. But internally, I, I just don't think there's, you know, massive amounts of stuff that's at stake for Denver. I think there's some things at stake, and obviously the narrative part is a lot of it. Um, 
some of this is we feel good about the Nuggets right now, us as analysts. We mm. feel good in large part because they did win a series last year. I mean, if they went, if they lost to the, a terrible Blazers team, the thing got beat, just you know, dissolved, and now it's this team. We'd be like, man, they lost to that Blazers team last year. Like this is a bummer. But no, they won it, and you go like, you know what? Even without their best, second best player, they still have this thing. If you go into this season, you just get steamrolled by Golden State, and especially if Golden State goes on to lose, you know, to somebody else. I think you would look at that and be like. Hey man, it's tough. Like I think, obviously, this team is completely different, but you would have a little bit less confidence that their floor is, you know, at a level that you want it to be. So I think there's a little bit of that weird momentum of just do something here that gives you that confidence. But I also think, and maybe this is a healthy thing at stake. I do think the Nuggets have to look at their pieces and say, where are we weak? And if this is a series that Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole completely and utterly dominate. Yes, Jamal Murray makes things difficult, but I don't know that you could look at it and say, yeah, he was going to stop all three, and they have the defensive recipe here. So Totally. So I do think that there's something at stake here for uh, maybe for a Will Barton and a Bones Highland and some of those guys of like, hey, you need to go out there and give us confidence that maybe you're only one position up too far on the depth chart, not that you're just like not the guy or, or this or that. So I totally agree. I mean, that stuff should be obvious right now yeah, should, <laughs> after 82 be. games. But you know what? But I agree because – you don't know what the playoffs are going to look right. like. You don't know what's going to happen. It, it has to happen before you can make those decisions. I honestly also don't know if you can, like, would you be completely shocked if Denver was good defensively? I'm not, I, I would be shocked if they were great, but they were the 28th best defense over the back half of this season. Back half. Yeah. Would you be shocked if they were just good in this, this season? Against the Warriors? Yeah. yeah, I would be. See, I wouldn't. I don't expect it. I'm betting against it. But if the Nuggets came out and their rotations were on point this or that, I wouldn't be like, they didn't have very many bodies this year. Because they were missing guys to begin with, and then they lost guys along the way, they just didn't. I think part of Jokic's defensive drop-off has just been like, I played 75 games this year. Like, what do you want me to do? Go chase everybody around the perimeter? So you're saying, like, the defense is almost all effort-based. And those guys were were, were worn down. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If they're good. I would be surprised if they were great, but I would not be surprised I mean, a lot of this is like, you know, the Warriors rely on Steph Curry just causing mayhem by running and running and running and running. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know either, but they've got a lot of guys that run. All right, let's go brightest timeline. Um, and here's the other thing, that the final thing that's at stake, oh. and it plays into the brightest timeline. We all think Yoke is the MVP. I mean, he's going to win. He's Half the votes have already been counted. He's dominating. It's a lock, guys. It's over. No. It's over. Jokic is going to be a two-time MVP. Is he the best player in the NBA? I still don't know. Like Kevin Durant, Giannis, you know, there's still some guys that at their best, you know, like it has, I'm just saying it's not definitive. You know, this series is a chance for it to become yep. definitive. Like this could be one of those ones where he has a great matchup in terms of they don't have a big. Now maybe Dream, we're going to talk about the Draymond Jokic matchup later, but this is one where he could go in and average 35, 40 points for uh, an entire series, and people look up and go, "How the hell did that Nuggets team beat the Warriors? Like that's an enormous upset." And if you do that, I honestly, no matter what happens the rest of the way it bumps Jokic up. So this is another thing that's at stake. Yoke can lose some superficial stuff with Nick Wrights of the world or whatever, no. but he can gain actually a lot and just converting people to be like, never say anything again. He took Faku and Rivers and beat Damian Lillard. Then he took, you know, Barton and Monte and beat Steph Curry. Like if you do that, it's just, you have two big feathers in your cap that can't be taken from you. Strong agree. What else is part of this brightest timeline? 
Jokic dominating is obviously well, face one of that's the, the first timeline. thing that has that's, to happen for any brightest His best timeline. series to date, which you actually should expect, given the fact that he's better than he's ever been. Yep. Right. The the rest thing is important this week and then how yeah. spaced out the first round is. Not only what did it help Golden State in terms of getting Steph back, assuming the timeline was really as dire as it looked, but also uh, for the Nuggets role players to the point we were just making, who have been stretched thin all season. So to the question... Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, particularly the latter, looking fresh, yeah. looking ready to defend, looking ready to contribute. At their best, they have the first third of the season, they were both great, not good, great. So can can this time off allow them to sort of build up, sort of scrape from the bottom of the barrel and, and show some energy and burst? I hope so. It's the optimist spin, but it's also on the table, I think. It's on yeah. the table. Yeah, I mean, the brightest timeline, it always starts with Yoke. Because for Denver to have a chance in this series, he has to be by far the best player on the floor in every game. He, yeah. he just does. He has to be the best version of himself. Like we've seen this regular season in this series for Denver to win. He just does. And then it goes to the role players. Can Monte Morris knock down his threes? Can Will Barton knock down his threes? Can Aaron Gordon hit his corner threes? Because they're going to be wide open. Right. Like You know the Warriors are going to force the ball out of Nikola Jokic's hands eventually. Right. Um the role players have to knock down shots. They have to make smart decisions. They can't turn the ball over. Austin Rivers has to be a threat. Like he's going to be a huge part of this series defensively, and he's got to you know play within himself offensively. So you know after Jokic falls to the role players, if you get great series from most of these role players, yeah, Denver's got a shot. Yeah, I want to just I want to see uh, in the brightest timeline. I want to see Bones Highland. Yeah. Make yeah. himself a, a true big game player. Like yeah. the way that we've been talking about him, the way he talks about himself, like he's come up a little smallish in some big moments down the stretch. Um, but I just love that about him that he it seemingly fuels him. And I just want to see that on the the biggest stage of all and like really start to see like what we've got in this guy. Yeah. He's at least confident, if not competent, in every big moment so totally. far this season. I am so he's gonna be like one of the funnest parts for sure, man. I'm, and hopefully yeah. it's great, and hopefully it's a very successful one as well. All right, um, the other part for me of the brightest timeline. Uh, look, it's called the brightest timeline for a reason. I'm not banking on this. You Nuggets know, get a good lead in the series, two one, two zero, something like that. Jamal Murray comes back. You know, it just it, it propels him like, hey, this playoff. I think part of this is if you re, if it starts to become realistic that hey, Jamal Murray sitting out for four games. Okay, whatever. But if it's like, hey, we actually gonna have a second round series and maybe even a third round, like at that point, maybe it's like, hey, I need to start playing even if it's only five, ten minutes. So for me, part of this would be the Nuggets not only winning the series and Jokic playing obviously this great and some big performances, but it would also be building towards something. It'd also be the Nuggets playing so well in the series. The Nuggets have had some big wins this year. Like they've had some moments where you're like, wow, they went into Minnesota and won, you know, they beat the Suns or whatever. It would be starting to look like that version every night to where you're mm -hmm. like Wow, that those crappy wins against the Pacers, those were just a regular season nuggets. This is a different one, and all of a sudden Murray's coming back or Porter's, we're getting updates, and it's like, hey, this team maybe can make this season a little bit less yeah. of a sunk cost. Yeah, I agree. Um, and there will be something that starts happening if Denver you know, wins game one or they split these first two in Golden State and then win game three. Right. Just the morale within the team, yeah. the coaching staff, the roster just in that building – I agree. Is going to be on a level where that's probably going to seep over to Jamal and he's going to feel that, <laughs> right. I think. Right. It, just the vibe, if you split these first two games and then come back home, 
is going to be totally different than the vibe if you come back home 0-2. Yeah. And I just think that that's huge for a team like this. No kidding. Um, darkest timeline window. I just say it. Darkest yeah. timeline is obviously like last year's Sun Series, yep. which I think is on the table. It's like a thing that Denver just does. They just can't. There's too many little adjustments that need to be made and not enough time for them to do it. And, and it doesn't work out. So. And that's a potential real blow to organizational momentum, whether that's fair or it should be. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, back to back sweeps. It's going to feel like they have a lot to prove again, yeah. whether or not that's accurate. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's hit our first break. On the other side, though, which player can raise their sort of reputation the Ooh. most? I think you already hit on one of the guys. And then which one could take the biggest hit? Plus, are we going to hate Warriors fans by the end of this series? <laughs> the age-old question every time you enter a series. Yes. <laughs> if you guys haven't been able to watch Nuggets and Avs games and Rapids games, uh, Evoca TV. Check yeah. these guys out. Evoca TV. Go to evaca.tv slash dnvr evaca.tv slash dnvr if you're on the fence about this honestly guys this is like they're such a big partner for us right now Huge. they're becoming an even bigger like integrated in everything we do we have an abs takeover party bus this week they've sponsored they sponsored ours they're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff with us you know who knows maybe some uh, dnvr stuff coming oh. up lately so evaca tv is 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 synonymous with dnvr uh, and will be going forward. So check that. Honestly, if you're on the fence about them, I highly implore you to check them out. Mm, Love implore. it. They've got Altitude. They got a bunch of other national channels as well. And like I said, how you get started with them, evaca.tv slash DNVR. It's only $25 a month. Use promo code DNVR. You will get $10 off your first three months. That's only $15 a month for your first three months. That's a great deal. Way cheaper than cable, obviously. No contracts, no hidden fees. So evaca.tv slash DNVR. On DraftKings this week, the NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win. Get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR, but $5 on any NBA team to win their games. During the play-in tournament, get $100 and $150 sorry, in free bets instantly. Promo code DNVR at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. All right, back here, segment two. Um, who can raise their reputation? Who's, whose reputation stands the most to gain in this series? You already got a good one? Well, Barton. <laughs> You're right. Hey, he's on my list for sure. If he has a great, I think he was number one. I think if he has a great series. I mean, we talk about the others stepping up, contributing, how it will feel, how it will feel like a Jokic accomplishment in a lot of ways, not just a team accomplishment if they get out of round one. If a lot of that is because Will Barton played really well, and look to just ready for this as a competitor, it will do a lot to change his uh, his, his reputation. I think. See, yeah. I don't know if he, the only reason he might not be number one is just because he's such a, a smaller piece of the puzzle. But I mean, yeah. maybe he is. First time he's been healthy in the playoffs and ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like what you said about Jokic earlier. Like, if he just comes in and absolutely dominates every single game this series, he's probably the best player in the league. And then, you know, the next series, that can change because that's how it happens. But, um, look, if Bones comes in as a rookie and looks himself and lives up to the moment and seizes the opportunity and is, you know, one of Denver's 
four most important players or five most important players in this series. I mean, that's going to put him at the forefront of, of a lot of conversations because people are going to be like, oh, the Nuggets, you know, they've got Nico Jokic. They got Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. coming back this year. Now they next year, now they got Bones Highlands. Yeah. So I think him just becoming a guy could t- totally raise his stock. What about the effect that he's going up opposite of Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, who a lot of people are now starting to talk about is like the, Jordan Poole's like elevating himself into the conversation yeah. of the next wave of great guards or whatever. Um, but Bones Highlink on that stage of like, hey, remember when he went, I'm not saying he needs to go toe-to-toe with Steph Curry, but remember in that series when he was a yep. big swing piece of it? He had whatever? that oh, quarter. Yeah. It's yeah. also just such a high-profile series. There yes. are games on ABC primetime. Yeah. Nuggets haven't really been in this position in the playoffs before. Yeah. We've been relegated to NBA TV in the past, yeah. but we're on ABC. Like Everybody's going to be watching this series. I was just laughing about how when Bones Highland went off against the 76ers, everyone's like, oh, yeah, all this shows us that Jokic has a better supporting cast. Bones Highland, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon has a mm. really good opportunity to change the vision of himself from people thinking he's the dunk, you know, the dunk runner-up, uh, the the cornrow guy, the kind of goofy, you know, <laughs> the like cornrows. How people think of it. That's what I, I. That's yeah. what I like. I walk down the street. I'm like, there's an afro guy. There's a normal Adam hair guy. Anyway, um, but the point being, like, Aaron Gordon is now in a place where there will be eyes on him. This has not been the case for his entire NBA career. He's been in literal NBA Siberia in Orlando. <laughs> then he came to the Denver so Nuggets last year, which is not on television. <laughs> And uh, he played the Warriors on NBA TV at during the Lifetime Hour. <laughs> like, no one's seen this guy play, like, yeah. truthfully. And um, to go up against the Warriors, to get switched on to Steph, to, like, have some high-profile defensive uh, plays and also, like, some, like, angry dunks like we've seen. Like, Aaron Gordon has a real chance to, like, people – to make people think about him as a player as we have in, in Denver. It's not really like normal haircut though. It's a pretty good haircut. I mean, it's I wanted to say basic, but basic I, no, with the salt and pepper look to it. Uh, it looks like a dude. It looks my like my girl a, did a good job. She really scrubbed the last one. But I when you say her. girl, you mean like a child, right? It's <laughs> <Here's> a word. <laughs> um, someone with a floby. <laughs> I. You know what's funny is I had four names on my list. I had Barton. I had Bones. I had Aaron Gordon. And Aaron Gordon, by the way, my X Factor. We'll get into that in the fourth segment, mm-hmm. the final segment. Jokic too and for the reason I already went over it but him too like you win the series it just um, you kind of shut a lot of people up in a lot of ways no matter what happens it's like hey you got a couple really big um, you know wins under your belt here All right, who could take the biggest hit to me this this list is very short it's really one and a quarter Nico Jokic yeah it's just Jokic heavy is the head that wears the crowd I mean if it's it's all riding on him this entire series is riding on him alone too he, he was the second name on my list, yeah. but, I, but I feel like it's just a little bit. Me I mean, there's such a big drop off. I, I agree. He is on the yeah. list, but it's like one <laughs> yeah. and then two. There's page break in between. Yeah. It's really on the second. Yeah, Nick page Wright's of not list. leading whatever stupid show right, he's on. Right. Should yeah. Michael Malone be fired? Section segment two. Who right. is Michael Malone? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, some people would t- make if, that take though. If Yoke plays incredible, locally, his stock rises. If the Nuggets get swept, his stock is going to fall. It's it's as simple as that. If Jokic averages 35, 10, and ten, and the Nuggets lose in four with none of the games being competitive, it will rest solely on his shoulders, and no number he puts up, no matter no statistical profile, will ever mean anything to anyone. And like, not that it's fair. It's just that's the way it works. Yep. It's like, hey man, um, you lose, and that that just kind of goes in your record. I will say this too. Like, do you guys care about this? 
Yoke's never lost in the first round. I do, I do I care do. about that. I care about it actually quite a bit. Do, we, do you guys care about it? We don't care. We're well, like the second year. Well, we care. <laughs> well, for a while there, I was like, Yoke's never been swept or this, you know, but now I'm like, you know, Yoke, you, we just, guys of my age, the, the we folks. came up on the uh, George Carl, you know, Carmelo Anthony era, and that was every year they got, they lost in the first round. And every year it went five or four games. And it was mm-hmm. just like, People don't realize what the, I, honestly like the people that look at the that did not live the mellow era and they look back on it like historically or this or that you don't remember that every single year it was four or five games and it was done it was quick it was really by game three you were kind of like god damn it like, <laughs> here that, we are dude, again there's nothing worse than arriving at the stadium knowing that your team's gonna lose yeah you just show up you're like oh this is gonna suck yeah oh man I can't believe I have tickets or maybe this. we'll win and force a game five <laughs> like, <laughs> we gotta go back to so, so it's something to me like if you get out of this one like it just becomes this thing of like yeah man you're just kind of guaranteed of like this would be the ultimate you could take away a second and third best players and you're guaranteed to be a top eight team in the league which would be the case if, yeah. if, if that happens. and we've also so. talked about how Yoke is one of the maybe the biggest just floor raiser yeah. in the league obviously in the regular season I mean Case in point, this year, yep. yeah. <laughs> they got the six seed, and he was really like their only God, A to level that player. Would have been had it not been raised to the six seed. Right, <laughs> but now if they win another first round series against the freaking Warriors, you can say, yeah, he raises your team to this level in the regular season and in the postseason. And then the postseason, yep, would Some, be great. <laughs> what? So, someone in the chat uh, offered to swipe a cam. As people who have the most to lose, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. And us, and Ooh. us. To be yeah, honest, dude, man, like, like my <laughs> mentions for sure. My I, career, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> we, we could really use this. Uh. <laughs> we, oh man! I don't know. if I assume the Nuggets are watching. Please for us guys, yeah, for just us. for us and for Swipe Up. Please, like we, we need uh, this. The online community needs. Speaking of which, I also remind you guys: where are you watching the game tomorrow? There's no better place on earth. I promise you than right here at the DMVR bar. But get here early. I'm saying three, four o'clock games at six thirty. You don't want to wait till six thirty and expect. Now, here's the thing about tomorrow: it's going to be awesome. You're going to walk in and you're going to be like, "There's nowhere to sit." Doesn't matter. By the time tip off begins, everyone's just going to be standing. Yep. It's going to be like it's intense. a concert. We're, it's a concert, man. Like just put that in your head, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Also, we're gonna have we're gonna, it's gonna be like opening day here in terms of staff. It's gonna have we're gonna have like buckets of beer and stuff yeah, for sale. Yeah. So also, uh, never be shy with people and friends at the DMVR bar. If you oh, see if course. you see a table with an uh-huh. empty chair, have a seat. These are this is the community. Also, yes. pro tip: back of the booths have a wide area that yep. is uh, padded. You can sit on those. Sit on those. Yep, that's why they like that. Um, no, and also, if you come it. in as a two top and you're here early and you do get a table. Open up the rest of your table like at around six o'clock or whatever. Like, hey, people are gonna be sitting there, so just be be out for that. It's gonna be a great time. One big. I family. can't freaking wait. I know. I, it's actually honest. There's a chance. I'm so excited. If the Nuggets win tomorrow, I will declare tomorrow will be the greatest day in DNVR bar history. Wow. Holy the Avs smokes. have a chance to to clinch the number one seed overall with tomorrow. So it's gonna be vibes could be very immaculate tomorrow. Um, next question, Eric. Yes. This one's for you, right in your world. Oh, smoke. Will Let's... we hate the Warriors by the end of this? Both them, the team, the players, and their fans. Okay, let me go in order. Yes, 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 no, yes. No, that's yes. not true. That's not true. Uh, yes, we will hate the Warriors fans. Uh, they will come in with a smug energy that we smuggets have never been able to conjure. <laughs> we will be uh, swallowed whole. The national media will give us absolutely no chance in this um there's going to be there's going to be a lot of like um you know like talk to me when you've been here kid kind of energy coming from them totally even though they just recently moved to 
San Francisco, they, Oakland, whatever. They're soulless now. Um, and that's the biggest fan base currently. Yeah, they really are by a lot. So we're going to be overwhelmed. Like that that uh, John Snow against the Army of the Dead or whatever. Yeah. Like that. Get ready, folks. Like get that's ready. What it's like be. yes, that's what it's going to be. I mean, I think that I don't think that they will stoop to Portland levels. I don't think it'll become like uh, like Philly and yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you. I want to rank. So the Nuggets have played five teams in the playoffs in the Jokic era. Five. Yes. I want you to rank them from fan bases slash teams that you hate the most to least. One being the one I hate the most. Yes. Well, let's go in reverse order then. Let's see. So the the easiest one. There's one team that I'm telling you we played them. N- never had a single bad. Yeah, it's the Spurs. There's yeah. one team. It's the Spurs. I of couldn't believe it. Love like, the Spurs, the Spurs fans. It went seven. Yeah. And I was like, just wow. smart, high IQ basketball. Yeah, a lot of, I didn't have <laughs> a handshake. So unselfish. Yeah, they just yeah. know how to win. You they know, had great chemistry. Yeah, they just know what it's about. They respect yeah. the game. Tim They're Duncan. so fundamental. Yeah. yeah, Tim Duncan kept retweeting my, <laughs> my takes. Yeah. They all drink red wine and they <laughs> love the entire series. Popovich is like, Jokic is incredible. Seriously, we're like That was the perfect first series for this group. They threw it in game seven. Yeah, they they gave it to us. (laughs) Popovich just goes, whatever. Shout out the Spurs. So I I would have expected the Jazz fans to be more incentive. To me, they weren't what no, I expected. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're number blood. two yeah. is Clippers. I agree. Just because there's nobody. There's no, that was there's number no four. Clippers. That was number. I was going from least yeah, yeah. hateable yeah, to yeah. The Spurs. Oh, I see. Yeah. So then Clippers is four or Jazz. Clippers are okay, second Clippers. least hateable. Because you have to also factor in team, and I kind of hate the Clippers. But they're just fun. like but nothing. You, but you're they're right. like a moth. You just crush it and it's just dust. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that's dark. Here. It's also mostly just like ri- rich homie flom being sad. Yeah, I don't know. It's not like all angry based. It's like. Ten people yeah, we know right. and we Clippers. like them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then, pity, then I, I guess it was it. the Jazz, and then it was the. So then hold up, hold up. So Jazz, you thought was bad. I thought Jazz. I was surprised. Jazz fans can be very annoying, but that yeah. series. That's I what I mean. That's it. why. That's why I tried to. I, you like know what I think lower. it was? I think it was that the pandemic. We were at the right there. And the totally. Pandemic, and everybody we're like was just like taking humanity. It. Yeah, we were all just like you know. We're like uh, it's not so serious, guys. Just sports. Like our cities are on fire. Exactly. Our sports are un. Everything was significantly heavier than that. Yeah, we're like all. You know, Utah. We're not so different. <laughs> and then Jamal just taking the picture of Donovan, the video of him yeah, eating exactly. salad like 20 yeah. minutes after. Yeah. That's just what it was. Oh, number, we would probably hate the Jazz right now if we had hate to play him. Them. Number two, obviously, the Suns. Oh, crap. I forgot the Suns. How could you forget yeah. the Suns? The Suns Man. in four? Dude, that was horrible. There was Dude, an action So here's me. what's funny is there was three. Those three, I'm like, not that bad. And then there's three that I'm like, how could I pick between these three terrible fan bases and teams? You're right, sons. I'm they're the biggest upset ever that they're only three. Hmm. I was thinking they were two. Who's your third? Well, who do I forget? Number one is always for me going to be the Lakers. Like I just it oh. will forever be the Lakers. Oh can, no 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 no. Yeah, it is. The, well, the, I mean, yeah, but you're wrong, it, it, dude. Portland. <laughs> that Portland series was the most acrimonious. Is number two because of no, how contentious it that was. That was the most. Hateful, acrimonious, uh, like mudslinging nonsense I've oh. ever been party to. I loved it. I hate it. I still think about it all the time. I think about Inez Cantor saying whatever it freaking takes. That oh photo of him God. holding his arms like, uh, like he was a corpse. <laughs> like he'd been brought back from the dead. Uh, clearly had to ask somebody serious, else man. to take a photo of this. Like, yeah, will he's you like, please oh. take a photo? He's like, Wait, you, he's like, would you please take a freaking photo? <laughs> remember when Terry Stotts accused Yoke of being a dirty player? Yeah. Oh, yes, because he, because he boxed out Inez Cantor, which by the way, if you're hurt, don't play. 
Um, also, <laughs> like the weird, like weird, like the weird, like racism stuff that came out. Like Zach the, Collins, all angle. of these things, dude. That I will never. A, like come out of a playoff series like I came out of that one where I was like like it was over and I was like I don't know what happened like, I was like bloodied and beaten. that was a yeah. classic series too, it was the first great. one the first one take yeah. a freaking look the four overtime game yeah we didn't win and then you play one, him though. again like, yeah Blazers are up there I'm just telling I can't hate I have my there's well, a I mean, maximum amount of hatred I can allow myself and the Lakers have that I understand but I mean like nothing, the max slot yeah max so, cap but slot. that that series wasn't as I mean it was just like a lot of like hey this cuz the anus or whatever but like Portland was like we yeah. know who you are and here's a thing we're going to say that we know is going to hurt you. I'll never forget, though. The t- Do you guys remember LeBron fouling Jamal on a drive and then SportsCenter clipping it and being like, amazing block. And it's like, it's a slow yeah. motion of the foul. And you're like, why would you choose that of all highlights to highlight here? Yeah. But it was. Because it was LeBron. So they had to, like, get it in there. I, I just can't. Suns, Blazers, Lakers. So are Warriors going to fit in the top category or the bottom category? Bottom. bottom. They're going to be the, the bottom for sure. Because there are two types of Warriors fans. One half of them you respect, one half of them you don't. Like, you respect the Warriors fans who have been there throughout the entire journey. Sam and Andy are like, yeah. class. they're hilarious. I mean, they know Yoke is incredible. Like, yeah. like, they know the Nuggets are injured. They're, they're smart basketball people. Yeah. Uh, they've watched the game. They've watched a, a beautiful game for the last five, six years. And then there's the other half of Warriors fans, which are just the tech bros who walk over from the Salesforce tower into yeah. Chase Center yeah. and oh, are like, God. oh, yeah, the Warriors. They're not, they're not on social media. Dude, though, it's, so somebody's yeah, gonna, some that, point, that half of the fan base, yeah, no respect. At but, some point, somebody's going to buy an NFT for us that's an L and donate it to us. Yeah. <laughs> that's just going to happen from the tech bros. That's going to be like the lamest <laughs> way to talk shit. And you're like, what? what is We've just this? got an L NFT. <laughs> I don't think that it'll be a particularly contentious series from the fan base either. I mean, the warrior, that Warriors group... This is they have so little to win or, or or gain or lose right now. It feels like to me they have a lot to gain if they win the title. Well, but yeah, not this but specific like series. they've also already won some yeah. titles. You know, like it just doesn't feel like just give it to the Nuggets. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> come on. You sound like Philly now. Yeah. Just <laughs> they've already got it's been one. A tough year. <laughs> we don't have one yet. We've never yeah. even been. Never really been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that exact voice. <laughs> no, but I just don't know. It really so is. <laughs> But I don't know if they're going to find this like they even – it may be punching down. <laughs> yeah, It may yeah. be a little bit of punching down. It's funny because the Warriors are sort of like the best of the others. You know what I mean? Like the Warriors are a Nuggets that rose and became dominant. Yes. And I feel like Toronto is the worst of the others. They like are the team that rose up and then immediately became the Lakers. Like their people are so annoying, man. They're so over the top. So – Hmm. Is this so? Is a weird little dichotomy? I don't well, know. Yeah, is, uh, yeah. but just to be clear, I what I think it will happen is I think that they think they're above even the yeah. the fray. They're above even just interacting. Yeah, they're not going to be nuggets. like they're not going to like dirty their. I, hands I will say, like, there's one man who can change all of that. E40. He's not available for game one. Faku Composite one thousand percent could enter the series and totally create some bad blood amongst players, amongst teams, amongst organizations, yeah. and amongst fan bases. <laughs> uh, I could, yeah, you could barely mention his name to a Warriors fan right now. They hate that guy so much. Um, all right, let's hit a break. On the other side, scouting report uh, should have a list coming out tomorrow. Lots of clips already done, but I got the to me my battlegrounds. I'll go over those. Hear what you guys have to say about them. If you do come to the bar, uh, game one tomorrow night, Saturday night, make sure to drink some Breck Brew Seltzers oh. while you're here. Uh, they're stocked in the fridge. I just saw them before I came up here. Nice. You gonna um, drink one? Maybe? Ready to go. Hell yeah. 
Uh, I'd recommend the peach flavor, but all the flavors are great. All the flavors are great. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. And like I said, when you're in the bar, have some seltzers. Mm-hmm. If you're not local, if you're not stopping in, go to the Breck Brew Beer Locator on their website. It will tell you where to get seltzers and Breck Brew, uh, no matter where you are. Uh, so you can enjoy a seltzer also, I'm during told, the game. I'm told we'll have the lemonade seltzers. Ooh. Here? Nice. Oh, in the buckets? In the buckets, bro. Oh, man. Nice. Available for perch. Also at Lightshade <laughs> Dispensary. <laughs> you guys can pick up some Ripple right now. Ripple. Uh, Ripple is a fast-acting yeah, dissolvable, clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. So if, if the leading gummy isn't doing it for you, I know. hit what up is, some Ripple. What is the leading gummy? Do we know? I feel like everybody just knows, you know. Yeah, we all <laughs> leading gummy. We all, yeah, yeah I, you know. We're like, is it a leading gummy kind of night? Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> You're at the dispensary. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Is, Can I get is the, this leading the leading gummy? gummy? <laughs> yeah. Hook me with one of the leading sure. gummies. <laughs> uh, Ripple starts DMR. absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every single time. You can find Ripple at Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade, with 11 convenient Denver, Metro, and Aurora locations. Also, the Barnum location is now open one block off of 6th and Federal. They've got 420 specials. Their five best-selling products will be buy one, get one for $1 from April 20th through 26th. And as always, DNVR Nuggets podcast listeners can get 25% off non-sale items with the code DNVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a lightshade location near you. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, we had a super chat come in. Ooh. You want to read that for us? It says, uh, what oh boy. You, here, I'll, I'll say it. What are your takes on this new yoke slander tactic where people accuse him of being too humble? Such a weird thing to hold against someone. I'm t- goat boy or two online. Like this is one of those things. Like if you search the internet hard enough, you can find every take there is. So if people are slamming him for being too humble, yeah, you like can even find like the moon landing was fake. You can even find <laughs> well, that. that. You find that one actually very easily these days. But honestly, this is my thing is like, I, I, that's a dumb thing to say. Like, I don't have people. I'm sure have that take just as a thing to hate him for. I just love that you just called someone goat boy. Like, like really that serious. Was his name. No, I know. I just love that you had to goat do boy. that. Goat boy, comma. Uh, <laughs> you're too online. You know, goat boy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, just, I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm just saying like it's one of those things where I hear and I'm like, I don't. I mean, it also might have. Yeah, I think that? that's a narrative that's not going to pick up a ton of steam. <laughs> Probably has more to do with the way people in our seats talk about how humble he is than him actually being humble. Right. Which is like holding it as a supreme virtue. Right. As opposed to maybe like a preference thing. You know? Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. For yeah. Yoke, it's definitely a preference thing. Like. Yeah, whatever. I think it's just an, it's a, from what I've learned. It's a national thing. It's the national Serbians are very humble. The are national they? Serbian approach to life is to be humble, not talking about yourself. Everyone has to talk about you on your behalf. It's yeah. it, whether it be it fake, be it fake <laughs> or not. Whole country of just humble people. Yeah, countries take on uh, personalities. You can think of what like that English person is quiet. Reserved. I have not, <laughs> I have not found our friends in Serbia to be the most humble population. <laughs> I might say uh, proud. They're all taking nuggets in four, so I don't, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into the scouting report, guys, because I want to get into some of this uh, analysis. I've, as I've been going through, I'm just going to go. These are not in order of like most important to least important, but they're just things that I have down. We could talk about them. Um, <coughs> strengths, obviously, for the Warriors. This is the number one. This one is in order. This is the number one strength to them, and the thing that gives me the most concern in this series. They move like 
no other team. Their player movement is nonstop. They play the style of basketball I wish the Denver Nuggets played. I've said this for years. If, the, if you look at their play style breakdown, you know, according to Synergy, which is not perfect, but if you look at it, pick and roll, don't do it very much. Now, they do do it a lot, but I'll explain in a different context. Isolation, don't do it very much. What they do do is off of screens, off of cuts, and off of handoffs nonstop because that's all they're doing is their guys are just like wide receivers that run routes, and they play such great read-and-react basketball. They have every type of cut in their in their arsenal. <laughs> the, the Serbians the are just taking nuggets in three. Nuggets in three. Yeah. Well, I'm laughing. The Serbians also don't agree that they're on their like, <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> they have every type of cut in their, in their book. And this is the thing is it's not to guard them. It's not just about like, oh, you're going to have to play hard to run around. It's not that. If it was just that, I would say, you know what? The Nuggets can do that. They've got some guys that have some spirit or whatever. It's that you have to both play incredibly hard while also reading the court so fast. You have to be so dialed in from an intelligent standpoint to guard them. And that's the part that more than anything else, they go from one action to another seamlessly. They can run a play, and when it doesn't work, it's not clear out, now it's run a pick and roll like every other team, including the Nuggets do, or clear out and let's run ISO. It's this play didn't work, how do we evolve it into this other play that everybody just kind of seems that we go into? Mm -hmm. And it's so impressive. That's what they do. Most frequent screens, most frequent cuts. They're really good at this player movement. What happened with the Warriors last year is they brought in a bunch of like lower IQ players yeah. who didn't know how to run the system. And this year they brought in higher IQ guys to, to run that system. And that's what it is. It's just really smart basketball players in constant movement. And they got it. Like some of the guys that they had last year, like Poole, they're now a year further into yeah. this system. So they get it. They understand it a lot better. I mean, it does almost remind you of football where there's fewer games. Sometimes there's a new coach, new quarterback, and like that first year, eight and eight. And you're like, well, it didn't work. It's like, hold on, let's see next year. Oh, 14 and two. Mm -hmm. Like, they, it took a year. The, the Warriors, I think, are like that. But you are right. Bielitsa, very smart player. Like, they got guys that know exactly what to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so getting lost off ball to me and just getting lost on, oh, the two guys jumped out at one and now right. there's a guy wide open. Like, to me, that's my biggest fear. Number two, it goes hand in hand with number one. Elite three-point shooting. I mean, we know this. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, maybe number one, number two shooters of all time. But did you know Jordan Poole, a sneaky, like, he is easily the best third shooter I think a team has in terms yeah. of, like, he's really good off the dribble. He's really good off the catch and shoot. He's really good running off like all these guys are. So you're going to have three guys that are constantly doing this where it's switch, 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 switch. And they're just going to have to be locked in because you leave a little bit of daylight for Jordan Poole. He knocks it down, let alone Steph Curry and uh, Clay Thompson. Who's the Nuggets' third best shooter? Well, like, you have Murray Porter, and then you'd have, like, well, Forbes. Well, like, now. And now Forbes is number one. Who but might not play this series? Might not. Bones, yeah, Bones. Bones and uh, Barton, Monte, probably Monte, Austin Rivers. Monte is top three. He might need yeah. number one. Honestly, and they have Curry, Thompson, and yeah, Jordan. It's, it's not comparable. And then Wiggins, by the way, Wiggins is shooting thirty nine percent. Then you've got Otto Porter and Bielita, who are guys, and Iguodala, who's not like leave them open guys. They're just not priority guys. So they have elite three point shooting, mm -hmm. and it's a double edged sword. You go cold, teams, team. It's you know they can go cold together. But if they're hot, it just like it gets ugly quick. Yeah, and we heard from Austin Rivers who talked about the importance of the defensive communication and how it's just going to be, it's going to yeah. need to be at an all-time high, and uh, it hasn't been <laughs> down right. the stretch of the season. So, I mean, look, the re you look at this and two things jump out of you right away in this matchup. Right from the Denver perspective, you're like, sweet Jokic, who guards him? <laughs> but the other side of this, you see right away their strengths 
are Denver's weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's tough. It's, it's kind of both sides. Yeah, though, both right? sides. We'll get to yeah, that that's here true. in a second. Um, the other thing here, skill players at all five positions, including Kevon Ludi, who's I'm not going to play that many minutes, I don't think, in the series, but he is like... I always talk about the difference between the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns when you talk about the Nuggets is Rudy Gobert, the Nuggets eventually just said, you know what, he's the guy that we're going to make, not score, we're going to make him catch the ball at the foul line, and then we're just going to see if he knows how to read the court properly, and he didn't. Like, that cut them from scoring 130 points a game to down to, like, 100 points. And Denver obviously came back and won that series. DeAndre Ayton, while he's not Jokic, he's good enough that if you leave him open, he shoots it, or if you switch, then he just backs you down. and he knows, Or passes to the corner, makes the read. Kevon Looney can do that same thing. And, oh, by the way, Draymond's going to play a lot of that spot anyway as the center. They just have guys that it's not – there's no leave him open or force him left. Otto Porter, Iguodala, Bielitsa. These guys all know how to dribble, pass, shoot, and chew gum. And so yeah. that, there's no simple fix to the Warriors. Yeah. I think that's a good point by Robert in the comment there because, like, as soon as the Nuggets miss a shot, Golden State's going to get the ball and they're going to run. Yeah. And like the Nuggets transition defense has been not very good. A joke. Yeah. It's been a joke. They've got to get back. So that's to my last one here. Converting po- turnovers into points is their big thing. They're mm-hmm. not like their pace is actually kind of slow overall. I think a lot of that is they defensively make teams use up the whole shot clock because they just don't they don't break down. Um, but a lot of this is when they do run, they convert. Uh, sixth in points off of turnovers. 16% of their offense comes off of turnovers, which is insane to think about. Um, seventh in fast break points. So it's not that they like run and gun all the time. It's just that if you trip up, they 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 capitalize every time. Yep. So Denver, hey, can't trip up. Uh, where are they weak? Drawing fouls. They are 29th in player oh, this foul is great draws. news. That is good. Like, you would hope that That's that means good. you know your key players are going to be able to be on the court, which is huge. Uh, and they're 23rd in free throw attempts. So right. they score on you outright, but they don't necessarily get to the line like, a whole lot. This isn't a series where Yoke should be in foul trouble at all. Right? Yeah, it shouldn't be. He, sh- he should not yeah, be in foul trouble. He's never in foul trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you guys Everyone just like, not on basketball Everyone. He's never in foul trouble. It's a good point. Um, <laughs> they, are, they have the second worst turnover percentage in the NBA. This is a big thing about them. And as I'm getting through the film, a lot of this is... They are empowered to take bad shots, yes. and they are empowered to try to split the defense, reject screens, do all this stuff that it's like feast or famine. Like if you re- if you reject a screen and it works, you're almost certainly scoring. If you get around your guy, if you reject a screen that doesn't work, you're probably trapped, and now the possession gets a little bit worse. But they're just all empowered to do that. Like if if they if the Nuggets played the way they did. Barton would take so many more threes. Bones Highland would probably play a lot more minutes and a lot more three. Like they just, they play a little bit of chaotic style. But it, when it's at its worst, and here's what I'll say: they're comfortable in flow, but they're uncomfortable if you are able to disrupt that flow. Mm-hmm. And that's where the turnover. Just like Denver is, by the way. I feel like Denver, their turnovers come when they, it gets clunky. The Warriors are the exact same. It gets clunky and they start doing dumb stuff. So that's a big battleground. And I think we saw that happen a little in. Um the Nuggets couple wins over the Warriors this season like and, and I know you can't take too much from that because Draymond Green didn't play right and Clay Thompson didn't I think in one of those but you saw when the Nuggets defense really dug in and forced the Warriors into turnovers like they they can panic a little and, and get off their game for sure yeah um Steph being questionable is huge I mean I know we all expect he's going to play but how well will he play he had some high-profile return-from-injury playoff games, and he's had some low-profile, like, really bad return-from-injuries where it kind of sunk them. What are you going to get, and how can you... 
I think it's so important for Denver to not let Steph get going in game one. Almost at the expense, like if you lost game one, but Steph plays terrible, it's almost like a mini win. It's not as bad as if you lost and Steph goes for 40 and he hits 10 threes and you're like, yeah, now their confidence is sky high. So him yeah. being a little bit down, you look for how do you plant things in their mind that, hey, maybe this th that makes them a little tight. Steph struggling is one of them. And then obviously the big one, their offensive weakness, center depth. Draymond, if he doesn't work, what is their plan? It's the biggest battleground to me. If he can't play center, if it's just like, hey, that's not on the table, their best punch is him at center. If you take away their best punch, do they have other good punches? Yes, but you take away their best one, and it changes the series, I think, in a very meaningful way. All right. Um, and then also just fouls. Like, fouls will slow down the game. They're, to stop Yoke, they might have to foul because yeah. they might just yep. be like constantly behind and if you do that it allows Jokic to play more minutes because now the game is so slowed down and so such ah. a half court game and they're also just like now having to reach deeper into oh is Kaminga going to have to guard Jokic for minutes just no they know it doesn't work but just to buy a couple minutes look the, the last time the Nuggets played the Spurs late <coughs> in the regular season and Yoke put Jakob Pertl in foul trouble in the yeah. first minute of the game yeah. <laughs> the first two possessions they just got the ball to Yoke in the post boom one foul another yeah. foul first two possessions that, like, totally changed the dynamic of that game. Like, the Nuggets lost that game. But Pirtle had to sub out and, you know, they had to, like, change their game plan. If you're able to do that against the Warriors <laughs> and get Kevon Looney into yeah. foul trouble immediately in the first quarter, force Draymond to play Yoke for, like, the entire game, that can totally change the dynamic of things. Or, yeah, or gets Draymond in foul trouble if they decide to go that route. I, I think this is a huge one, particularly because... This is the first playoffs Jokic is entering where he's drawing fouls at the rate that he is. I right. think it's at a different level right now. And I think refs are willing to call it. And he's reached that level as a scorer where sometimes it's your best option is to just hack him. Yeah. So I really think there's a chance that him putting other teams into foul trouble could be a bigger deal this postseason than it has. Definitely. The way we saw Jokic playing down the stretch where it seemed like he actually really wanted to get the MVP award and he was really going out and putting on like a more individual performance that we normally get from him where he was just going down the lane, dribbling behind his back, just being like, I'm scoring. Yeah. I'm going to score. Totally. And it makes me feel very encouraged for the matchup that he's about to see where he's just, he has shown us in very recent history, he's got that in him. And like, if he can just like really harness that and just go sicko mode, like, I don't know, man. Sicko mode. I, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I've got good feelings. I mean, now we're over to the Nuggets side, and obviously offensive strength, we're already into it, but it's Jokic, and he just has to dominate this matchup. And, I mean, it really is. The Nuggets' strength is Jokic. It's like, if you said, what is their, what are they good at? They're good at having Jokic and everything he does. They're not good at, get, at getting the ball to him, but they're good at having him. Drew, Drew. Give it to him at the, at the top. Well, so here's the thing about <laughs> the Jokic Draymond, and I'm going to yeah, have man. a lot of film on this. I went back and watched even from last year, the, every possession, and I'll put these in like a compilation. Yoke took a lot of jumpers against Draymond when he was guarding him. And I think part of the reason, and Kevon Looney. Kevon Looney's not very tall, by the way. He's kind of undersized. Draymond's obviously super undersized. I think Yoke feels like, hey, it's like, uh, you know, hand down, man down, only it hands up, it just doesn't matter. He's too tall. So he feels very comfortable taking that face-up jumper. Um, posting up Draymond, I was surprised at how much Jokic struggled with it. It was a little bit feast or famine. And then here's the most interesting one. Jokic has become so dynamic this year because of his face-up game and catching on the move and attacking. Draymond is really, really, clearly keyed in on this because even last year when they matched up, he was doing everything he could to attack his face 
Not to let, not because he was worried about his three-point shot, because he didn't want him to put the ball on the ground. So, to me, Jokic has been so successful off that catch on the move, one dribble, spin, whatever. And Draymond is very good at meeting him as soon as he catches the ball chest to chest. So yeah. if you do put it down, Draymond gets a hand in there, and and it takes that aspect of his game away. So I actually think, while I think Yoke can, and I probably would say will dominate that matchup one on one. Draymond's going to make him work as hard as just about anybody not named DeAndre Ayton, maybe Rudy Gobert. You know, he's going to present a very unique challenge for Jokic. I haven't been this excited for just a one-on-one matchup in any previous Nuggets playoff series than I am for Draymond Green versus Nikola Jokic. I mean, it's the best offensive player in the league versus who I think is the best defensive player in the league. I agree he's the best defensive. And I actually think he – again, Jokic is so much bigger than him, but he does present very unique challenges to Jokic. I don't want to say he's the toughest matchup for Jokic. He's the toughest matchup in very specific areas Mm -hmm. for Jokic. It's not all – Maybe the two highest IQ players in the league. Yeah. Like two guys who just understand the game at such a level that nobody can even approach. And so, you know, Draymond has Yoke scouted better than anybody yep. they've played against has. Yeah. You know, he knows everything that Yoke likes to do, his tendencies, how he likes to catch the ball on the move. So he's going to be ready. I, I just can't wait to see those two square off. I can't wait. And a week plus to watch film, too. You oh, know, yeah. a guy like Draymond feasts during this time. But the one thing I'll say about Yoke is he also feasts during the, like, do we figure each other out? And I'm kind of sure. curious about the fact sure. that they didn't play each other. And I'm also curious, just like the longer this goes, who figures out who a little bit more um, mm-hmm. in that regard. Now, here's the other thing. My number two on this list, Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green are another offensive strength here. Why? Because Aaron Gordon is just way too big for Andrew Wiggins. And Jeff Green is way too big for Clay Thompson or whoever else they're going to throw out there as a, as a four. So, And again, in the regular starting lineup, no. But Golden State plays a lot of minutes when they put Draymond at five and they try to play small. Denver is huge at the three and four with those two guys. And they have to take advantage of it. I think Aaron Gordon is my X factor for the series. And it's because when I went back and watched the tape, when Draymond guarded Jokic, they would attack in very specific ways. But one of their favorite ways to attack was to go to Aaron Gordon. Because if Draymond's guarding Jokic, well, he's your help side defender. Andrew Wiggins, all of a sudden, now your rim protector inside. And they would go to him in the post a lot. And Aaron Gordon did what he always does, which is mixed up, incredibly aggressive drive to the basket with step back threes that that Andrew Wiggins would be like, sure, man, whatever. This series, Aaron Gordon has to be locked in, and he has to punish it. Jokic can break their small ball lineup, but Aaron Gordon is right barely below him in terms of guys that can break their small mm-hmm. ball lineup. And I think Denver's game plan, in large part, is going to be to go to Aaron Gordon in those moments. Yeah. How we talk about Aaron Gordon is is so funny because when he has a good game, it's, oh, he attacked the basket. He used his size, so his simple. muscle. Yeah. He put guys under the rim. He was great. <laughs> When he has a bad game, he floats on the perimeter. Yeah. He takes bad shots. He takes I think he knows that off balance. Of course he knows it because after every great game he has where he attacks the rim, he goes, Yeah, I just gotta keep doing that. Like yeah. that that's my strength. That's my game. But he does get away from it at times, and I agree. Um he's gonna be the, the safety valve. You yeah. know, he's gonna be the guy who has the ball wind up in his hands wide open. And I think Jeff Green goes right here in that if you think about how does Denver close, if they close with Jordan Poole, Clay, and Steph all in the court together with Wiggins, or maybe it's not even Wiggins, maybe they go with like an Otto Porter or something and then Draymond Big. If they go to a lineup like that, is it Austin Rivers or Jeff Green? It's probably Austin Rivers. 
But in the moments that Jeff Green is out there, he is going to have an enormous size advantage that he doesn't always take advantage of. They need him to be like, oh, it's Jordan Poole switched on to me. Like, I know exactly. I'm going to the basket here. I'm going to rebound this and dunk it on his head. He's too little. So Denver, Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon just have such a big role here in that they're going to have a big physical advantage and they have to use it. Pace of play. Jokic can control the pace of play as well as anybody other than maybe Luka and some maybe even including Luka. Mm -hmm. The Warriors, to your point, like to get out and run. Jokic can disrupt. They, you, the Nuggets have to take away the Warriors' flow, and you have to do that by not turning it over and by defending. But the third way you do that is by just playing slow. And Jokic, I think, can be a guy that's like, you know what? I, I don't know if I can stop them or we can score this or that, but I'm going to waste 20 seconds every time down. They have to do it. <laughs> I heard it too. Uh, I don't know how to break the wall with that one, but um, that was weird. Another one, unpredictability factor of Jamal. Jamal could be a chaos grenade that you drop into this at some point chaos in the series. Grenade. That it, it just is. Was supposed to an order grenade? No, what to be order? Chaos grenade, uh, like glitter grenade. Well, all of a sudden, it's like the, they're looking at their scouting report and they're like, "I don't know what to do." He comes out and hits a couple threes, and they're like, "Okay, so now we play him like he's Jamal, or yeah. what do we play him like?" I mean, it just when you're the underdog, variance is your friend. And Jamal represents an enormous variance in both directions. So that's one. Rebounding. I'm not sure if this is an actual advantage, but Denver just has to make it an advantage. They do. They have I mean, the to. Warriors are just small. They but are. I'll tell you what. There's another thing that stood out to me. When Draymond guards Jokic, he is so dialed in on rebounding. Jokic has a hard time rebounding against Draymond because of how much he's just like, it's his top priority. Is just and he's so Jokic. strong, too. He's one of the only players who can like match Yoke's strength or strength. But he's also quick. Like, rebounding is not just like, can you keep him out? It's that he's just like positioning. Moves. Yeah, yeah. His he's like, I mean, he really is like a wrestler. He's like wrestling yeah. Jokic. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, Draymond's a very impressive defender. All right, weaknesses. <laughs> That's an understatement of the year. <laughs> Re uh, weaknesses for Denver on offense. Reading complexity is not one of Denver. Like, they're going to be a very complex defense. I thought Denver, by accident, stumbled into some great double cuts off of Jokic in the post. I hope they continue to go to him. But if not, like Denver has to be dialed in on when to cut mm -hmm. off of Jokic, or else they're going to double and make life hell for Denver, which we've seen. Guard depth. Monte Barton and Rivers are all blocks to play a lot of minutes in this series. I think Bones is very likely to play a lot, but not quite a lock, just because he's a rookie and we'll see what happens. That's four guys. They've got, they're going to play three guards a lot, and Denver's going to have to match him a lot. So you're already talking about having to have extra guards on the court. And then behind that, you've got Forbes, Faku, Marcus. One of those guys has to play in the series. Almost certainly is going to have to play. Just because you don't have Davon Reed and you're probably going to have to have a fifth guy for when you're playing all these heavy minutes with these guys. To me, that's a huge weakness for Denver. One of those guys probably is going to have Dude, to play. Marcus went off last year. He's stop, doing stop, stop, He's stop. He's doing right. Michael Malone at practice the other day was talking about Faku's suspension and goes, Faku is a guy who we know we can throw into any series and trust. <laughs> I think they're going to have to play him. I, I honestly, would just I keep that God, tucked away I in honestly the back God of think Faku has um, an impact on the series. Not sure if that's a positive or a negative one. Uh, turnovers, Denver's 26th, so went 29th and 26th. Both these teams turned over, and then lastly... When I went through the film, they went deep, deep under handoffs with Austin Rivers. Mm. They could set the screen at the foul line and they would go under. Now, Austin Rivers can get hot and can knock these down. But when teams are like, yeah, we want that guy to shoot, it's tough. And I suspect early on in the series, they're going to be like, yeah, Austin, shoot. First five seconds of a possession, yeah, we want you to take a quick shot here. Yeah. Let, let it, if you miss, we're going to run on this one and get a fast break. So go ahead. And no he, pressure. Even if he does decide to just swing the ball, even that can take yep. him six to eight seconds sometimes of dancing Jeff. and dribbling. They're going to go deep under on him. I think they're going to go under on Barton, mix in when they go under. And like if those guys miss, it just is such a killer for Denver. And 
Um, the, uh, those guys are going to have to make open shots early in the series under pressure. So. Austin Rivers is one of my big X factors. He's huge. He's a huge X factor. Because I think he's going to play 30-plus minutes a game in this series. I think But he's going to be a defense. We've seen him play great defense and have, like, two points yep. because he's too tired. Like, it's like right. they've got to run around chase Steph. I'm going to take offense off, right. rightfully so. I think he's going to play, like I said, maybe 30-plus minutes a game. I think he could be starting by game three Yeah. if things go really bad in games one and two. And he's got to bring it defensively. I think the Nuggets know he's their best matchup on Steph. Like, they, they just have to know that by now. He defended him out well at times this season. Um, I think Malone knows he has to put Rivers on Curry. And then offensively, he's just got to make the game simple, shoot the shot when he's open, attack the rim when yeah. they close out on him. And just limit his mistakes. But he's a massive factor in the series. And be decisive, right? It's all, it, In certain, some of these scenarios, it's going to be less what he decides to do for me and more how quickly does he do it, yeah. right? And, and just keeping that flow to the offense. It's so wild how reliant on Austin Rivers we've become in the middle of our <laughs> championship window. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty funny. But you know what? Honestly, he's a, he's a playoff player, so I'm, I'm expecting some yeah, big Austin stuff Austin Rivers from him. game, baby. Austin Rivers game. Uh, tomorrow, DNVR Bar, you're going to want to get here early. We're going to oh be God. here. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be so much going on. It's going to oh be absolute chaos. Be prepared for chaos, but in a good way. Uh, to and we're going to have a great time together cheering on that game. And then also, just a little nugget for you. We got bets coming up, and then right after that, I'm back on the Denver Sports <laughs> Podcast <laughs> for like one year. I'm back I'm hosting it. It's going to be with my guy RK and Zach Bai from 104.3 The Fan no. talking nuggets. And we're going to be talking about Jokic and his chances of being, or maybe he already is, on the Mount Rushmore of Denver athletes, as well as a whole host of other things like, is Denver a good sports city? I can't wait to talk about all these things. We'll be back in a half hour for that one. See you guys.